Hello, everyone, and welcome to Petite to Queen's Practical Wisdoms at Work podcast. I'm Liz, your host of today's show. I'm here with our co-founders, Lynn and Tina, as well as Director of Operations and Communications, Rachel. Our topic today is dress codes, so let's go straight to our first question. Why do workplaces have dress codes? Are they necessary? Rachel, would you like to start? Yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and take that. So, I really love clothing. I love clothes, I love fashion, I love all of that. And the reason I love clothing and fashion is because it's a really wonderful way to express outwardly to everyone that you see and everyone that sees you, more importantly, who you are, what you value, what kind of person you might you think of yourself as being. You express a lot with your clothing, and that is why fashion, to me, is an art form and um, something that should really be valued. Of course, um, companies, they also want to express their uh, their images, what they view themselves as, their image, their self-understanding, their values, their work ethic, whatnot and such, all that. So companies do want to express that and they of course necessarily have to express that through their employees. So through that, yeah, I, I do think that um, in a lot of working situations a dress code is necessary. In fact, I think in most working situations a dress code is of some sort is necessary. Now obviously there are gradations to dress codes, um, you know, depending on what industry you're in, you have different needs and different things that you need to express. Well, not just express, sometimes you need to have clothing that can protect you, like if you're working in construction or if you're working um, with anything with high heat, like in, like in a fryer in a deli or something. You have dress codes for that reason. Is it always necessary? I mean, I think that if you have people primarily working from home, then, I mean, how on earth would you even enforce that? So no, I don't think a dress code is necessary then. And I think the kind of dress code, how strict it is, um, changes based on where you are. In some places, all you need to say is just like, you know, don't wear ripped jeans or sweats to work. Nothing stained, just look generally clean, and that's fine. Other places, you say, you know, you need to, no jeans allowed. You have to have slacks of some kind or skirts or something that business casual. And other, time, other places, you need to wear suits and, and have um, particular grooming standards. So I do think that there are gradations in dress codes, and I think that in most corporate settings, they are necessary. Tina, what are your thoughts on this? Well, I think you brought up some good points, Rachel. Many times dress, dress codes are put into place uh, to conform to a corporate image, right, or uh, the ethos of, of an organization, and the clothing reflects that and there was a time when men had to wear ties and women had to wear suits and and uh, I think that that's laxed a little bit uh, in today's marketplace because we're a much more casual uh, working environment and women now wear wear slacks on a regular basis or, or pantsuits on a regular basis as long as they're 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 presentable and not ripped jeans and that sort of thing but um, I think it with regards to corporate image there's also a, a reason that uh, the dress codes are, are put into place for health and safety reasons. If you're man, in a manufacturing environment, for instance, you don't want to be walking around in open-toed shoes for women. You don't want jewelry hanging. You, uh, if you're in the uh, food business, maybe they want your hair tied back. So there, there are other reasons besides just the corporate image. There's also uh, health and safety concerns. I don't know that that 
companies a company's requirement it's it's up to the individual that is has decided to go to work at that with that employer understanding what their dress code is then if that's part of part and parcel of the of the job description is that you will adhere to our dress policy then i i think that absolutely we we need to to abide by that i don't think that uh that i i think that there's still to your point Rachel about uh, uh, fashion and clothing and expression. I I too I love clothes, um, and uh, and you're right. It, and it's an expression of of who we are. Uh, but there are ways to uh, keep that in a in a in a corporate uh, corporate as, as opposed to wearing a. And I'm just using this as an example. But you, maybe you have a favorite boa that you like to wear out on a Friday night, but that might not be the right appropriate thing to be wearing uh, into a uh, into a, a conference meeting on a Monday morning, right? So I think that there's uh, there, there's certain common sense uh, aspects of dress codes, and uh, so I do. I I I don't know that they are quote unquote necessary so much as if if a company has a particular image that they want to uphold, then I think that those employees that have decided to to work there, that have decided to to uh, make a career there or to have a job there, uh, that's part of the uh, the culture and the norms that that you're agreeing to to following. Lynn, what are your thoughts? Oh, thank you, Tina. Well. I there's, I'm going to take a little bit different spin on this too. There's another thing about um, why you would have um, dress codes in a workplace. And I, I think that often when we're working with people, um, we're definitely more comfortable and feel more confident when we're working with individuals who have taken care and attention to their appearance in the sense of a subliminal message that, that they're going to take care and pay attention to their work. They're going to take care of our project. They're going to make sure it gets done because, you know, they're well-kempt or well-groomed um, and they're not wearing, you know, just, you know, dirty rags, you know, their fingernails are trimmed and, and clean, things like that. It all goes into that statement that you just mentioned, Tina, about the image being portrayed. And there is a lot of context around that and how you perceive someone. And so from a company perspective, I think there's, um, you know, there's some real importance as to why you would want people to have a dress code and why you'd want that followed. You know, and then there's other sides to that too. I think sometimes, you know, we've, we've all talked about like jeans, like don't wear denim. Um, sometimes it actually is denim. And I remember a situation with one of my coworkers who was wearing an absolutely lovely outfit is beautiful, but the pants were actually denim. They were uh, sort of a buttercream gold color and her whole outfit looked terrific. She looked very professional, um, but she actually got called uh, in to because she was wearing denim, you know, sort of jeans and uh, that didn't meet um, what they considered to be their dress code. And uh, I remember at the time she was absolutely livid, you know, over it because, you know, she did, she looked terrific. And so, you know, there's so many, uh, it's so subjective on, on that level. And so I think that if the company does have a dress code, they should be really precise. You know, is it denim, any kind of denim? Is it blue jeans? And how do some things not look um, just as casual as 
as blue jeans. You know, you could be wearing cords in a flannel shirt. You know, I'm sorry, but that looks just about as, you know, casual as wearing blue jeans and a, and a shirt. So, uh, you know, some things to think about and definitely the level of professionalism that you want to portray both for yourself and for the, the company that you're representing. I think that's really where I would come and say that, you know, absolutely, depending on the industry, um, dress codes are necessary. And to both your points, and when we're looking at the, um, the safety of both the employee um, and the safety of potential uh, consumers, it's absolutely vital that those are followed. You guys brought up some great points. Thank you so much for your feedback. So what do you think are appropriate dress codes? You know, how common is it that women are required to wear skirts, heels, and makeup? And do you think that's even going too far? Lynn, would you like to address this first? Uh, you know, I you know, I think if I start at the second half of this, um, I'm not really aware of any, uh, maybe there still are organizations that would actually require women to wear skirts and heels and and makeup. Um, in my view, this is some kind of really sick, misogynist version of the Stepford Wives in the workplace, and I do not find that acceptable. <laughs> I, I I guess if you worked for a, a shoe company that all they made were high heels for women, uh, maybe then, you know, I don't know, because they want every, all the women to wear their high heels. I don't know. But um, uh, that to me is just, uh, that's just like some kind of really relic of the past. And I would definitely say that that goes too far. You know, when you're looking at what is an appropriate dress code, absolutely being clean, neat, well-groomed, um, not wearing anything uh, that's obscene. Um, <laughs> I actually have a story from when, another story of a, a coworker, and she wore to work a, a dress that was unbelievably sheer. I mean, just about see-through. She may as well have been walking through the entire plant and facility naked, and she was wearing a G-string. And it was like, the men were, their eyes were popping out of their head. And it was for the women, the professional women, all the women within the organization, we just cringed. Uh, it was, uh, and she often dressed very inappropriately. Things that were so low cut, it was amazing that her breasts somehow were not bursting out of the top. It was, um, it was really in poor taste. And um, so, you know, obviously in that type of situation, we actually as a group complained to management that they had to talk to her about her attire because we had all tried to talk to her, you know, either in, in a, a couple people like would take her to lunch and say, you know, this isn't, you really isn't the image that you want to be projecting um, when you're out meeting with clients because you look like a hooker, honey. <laughs> um so, uh, and it's just like she just didn't get the hint. And uh, we really felt that management needed to step in because it was a re reflection on the company and it was a reflection on our professionalism. And uh, we just really um, didn't uh, care for that. So, you know, maybe we were going too far, but um, 
I, I guess that's sort of my little story and my response to this. So, Rachel, what do you think about that? Well, I actually recall maybe last year or the year before that, there were some news stories about women being uh, told in their handbooks and by their employers that they were meant to wear skirts, heels, and makeup. So I do know that that is still a thing, or at least it was a thing a couple of years ago. So I'm going to address that second part first as well, the skirts, heels, and makeup. I I have no objection to um, dress codes, but I am not a fan of enforced gender expression, meaning like I am not a fan or in any way supportive um, of a company telling someone how they should express, like a, a woman being told that she must dress femininely or, you know, to go the other way around. I don't necessarily think it's right that men should be required to dress particularly masculinely either. I think that there needs to be more freedom in that zone. And also the idea that you should have to wear makeup, I mean, a face is a face. It's a human face. How could it not be professional on its own? And that just seems so bizarre to me. And I, I, can't, I can't fathom how that would still be a thing. So that is something that I'm sure is dying out and for the better. But as far as appropriate dress codes, um, I think anything pursuant to um, keeping within the goals of the company, so your, your story, Lynn, about a woman who dressed um, provocatively, uh, I think that's, um, she was kind of missing the point of her mission, it sounds like, with her job, because her job was not to be sexy. That was that's not really a part of what she was trying to do, I presume. So she was kind of not, not only was she not dressing towards her goal, she was distracting from what she was trying to do. So I think that and that's something that you need to keep in mind with a dress code is you got to make sure that you know you're still going for what you're trying to do. You can't get in your own way, and your your clothes can't get in your way. That's why we talked about things like safety in a workplace as well. You you can't get in your own way that way. But I think, I think I agree with Lynn. Um, you know, standards of grooming, um, being clean, no, no tears, just particular types of, um, you know, like there's business casual and then there's business. You know, those kinds of those kinds of things are are fine. But anything like a, a requirement to express a gender stereotype, then um, I am against it. Tina, what are your thoughts on appropriate dress codes? You brought up some good points as well, Rachel, and as did Lynn. You know, I think appropriate dress codes are just, we think about appropriate and appropriate for the position that, that one has. Perhaps they're working in a, uh, an area where uniforms are, are required. Uh, then that takes all the guesswork out of it, right? Other than uh, I think now those in the medical field have really fun scrubs. I think that's a, a uh, a label that uh, that they can um, personalize their their uh, medical wear, their the the scrubs that they wear. They can be colored and they can be in in different prints and things. But nonetheless, they're they're still uniform and the same type of shoes. Um, in a corporation, there are people that work in that inside. Then there are those that work outside and are out greeting the public and are representing the company. So I think that there are probably uh, appropriate dress codes depending upon what area of the, of the office or of the corporation where you work. 
you could be working for a, someone like a, a Banana Republic and you want to be, or a, or a Gap, and if you're working in that store, you more than likely are wearing those clothes. Probably want you to, to, to wear something like that. Uh, and Lynn, you mentioned earlier, if you're representing a shoe company, perhaps they want you to be wearing the shoes to show how they, how they, uh, how they look. But I think um, companies requiring skirts, heels, and makeup, that sounds a little sexist to me. Um, I think that uh, back in, you know, back 40 years ago, that's women wore skirts, heels, and absolutely makeup. Uh, and then there became more of a, a lackadaisical way of doing it. As long as you are clean, to Lynn's point, and you are properly groomed, and your clothes are clean and pressed, I think that uh, um, they follow a certain standard of, of, of dress. I, too, disagree with anything that could be considered overtly sexual in nature, super low cut, super short skirts or, or, or shorts, um, I, I, torn, I see, I've seen women in, a, in, the, in the workplace that, that wear the flash dance type thing where one's off the shoulder. I just find that so inappropriate. I find it, I, I don't know why it's necessary to wear something. You might as well show up in sweats. Um, and I bet you there are people out there that would think that would be a fine dress code to be able to wear sweats to work. But there, it's called work for a reason. We're not there to relax. We're there to work. We're there to uh, create some magic with, within the corporation. Um, so I, don't, I agree with you, Rachel, about the makeup. I think that um, there are plenty of women out there now that, that don't, and men, <laughs> Men are wearing makeup now, um, but I also think that there are women that, that can get by without without makeup. As long as you look professional and clean and you're presenting the best the best self that you have to represent your company, uh, that's that's what I I would abide by. But um, absolutely, uh, these low cuts or this uh, to to Lynn's story about inappropriate dress and uh, it, creating creating um, awareness or creating a, a stir by what you're wearing says more about that individual and the cry out for attention than it does about uh, following a dress code. Thank you, Tina. Boy, that, that was really interesting. Thank you guys for your opinions. Um, so this next question might elicit different answers. So what do you think about dyed hair, tattoos, gauges and piercings. Should companies change their dress codes to accommodate these increasingly popular style choices? Tina, what do you think? Well, I think I'll be pretty steady here in my answers on this. I would say I, I do not think that companies should be accommodating uh, to, to this style. Again, if there's a certain corporate image and there's a, a tattoo or a piercing that, that is, is in a, a non is in an area that is is obvious or is not a typical place for like an ear piercing. Some people have nose pierces and other things. Um, dyed hair. I mean, I'm a natural blonde. I don't know about anybody else on uh, on our podcast or anyone else out there listening. But uh, there's plenty of dyed hair. But I think in this particular instance, when we're talking about um, a an off color, something that is not what would be considered a, a a standard type of hair color. 
Um, again, if you're in a creative agency and you're in a creative environment, and I would imagine that that is very much um, rule of thumb. Just go with what you have. You have tattoos, great. You have piercings, great. You have dyed hair, great. But if you're representing Price Waterhouse, that's probably not not the type of job that you would be attracted to anyway. Um, so I. I work with a woman now that has a tattoo, didn't know it, um, she pointed it out uh, and she had her hair back, she has a tattoo on the back of her neck. And you don't see it when her hair is down, but when, obviously when her hair is pulled back, it's obvious. So she wears a hat because we have a standard at, at uh, this particular place where, where they don't want to see the tattoos. If you have them on your on the arms, then you're wearing long sleeves. So, it's um, it is a popular style choice, uh, and it's it's up to an individual. And I think when you're outside of the workplace, more power to you. But I think within a work environment, and if uh, again back to my original point, that if you are working for a corporation that has a standard dress code and this doesn't include it, then I think that um, you, you're best to um, to to cover it up. Rachel, I'm sure you agree with me. I don't disagree with you as much as you might think I do, but let's get it out there. I have currently hot pink hair, and I do have a tattoo on my shoulder blade, and I'm planning on getting another tattoo within the next few months. So just for full disclosure, that is where I am at. Um, I think that this is something that does need to be addressed within corporations because it is becoming increasingly popular. Um, for people to have bright colored hair, tattoos, piercings, whatnot, and such. And it is something that you're going to have to, that corporations are just going to have to understand that it's going to be a lot, like, harder and harder to find people without these things. Now, obviously, I've, right now you can. It's not like every single person my age has tattoos and piercings and dyed hair. But I think it is something that you're going to have to. Uh, reckon with and realize that a lot of very talented, um, very intelligent people have these these things. And I think I think there are I, I've already talked about there are gradations in dress codes. And as Tina said, if you're in a creative company, um, then yeah, go for it. I, I, I don't see any reason why you wouldn't do that. You wouldn't allow that kind of thing because you're trying to express that you're a creative company and these are people expressing their creativity. It just goes hand in hand. Um, I think that this, the standard of dress shouldn't change. Uh, I mean, clothing-wise, anyway. You should be required to wear the same things. Um, and if, in most cases, that will likely cover up your tattoos if you have them. Um, you might even be able to ask someone to take out their piercings um, while they're at work. Um, and, you know... Asking them, especially if they're like a front desk kind of person, the first person that they that a person sees when they come into your company, ask them not to have hot pink hair. Well, okay, that that makes sense. Um, I think that though you do need to understand that not you as in anyone particularly here, but corporations do need to understand that the world is changing, and that views of what is acceptable is changing. Um, I know that Lynn has a a thing about, against facial piercing. She thinks they're disgusting, but I think more and more people are would disagree and think that they're completely normal and non-disturbing to look at. 
and it's funny because this I actually have a bit of a story on this. Um, I started working at a at a company um, in Washington D.C. and I right after I actually got my tattoo on my left shoulder blade. And as it turned out, everyone at the company loved it, and they wanted me they wanted me to show it off. They loved it when my clothes would show little peaks of the tattoo or whatnot. They're like, oh, it's such a beautiful tattoo. It's so wonderful. Obviously, they weren't like, you have to wear off-the-shoulder things or anything, but they enjoyed seeing it. And I think that something to consider is that, first of all, that made me feel very welcome. And so you can make employees feel very welcome by saying, hey, you are able to look professional while still having that, this tattoo, and we will support you and celebrate you. And I think that's really nice. Another thing to consider is that if you're a corporation that does have more lax dress codes regarding uh, tattoos, piercings, and dyed hair, um, you're going to be coming off, you're going to be showing yourself to be a modern, progressive company. Now, maybe that's not what you're trying to do. Maybe that would turn off most of your consumer base, in which case you do need to consider that. But if your consumer base is younger, especially, then I think that's um, something that, that you should address. And yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm going to leave it there. Lynn, what are your thoughts on facial piercings? Okay, well, now that you, you sort of pushed me in front of the bus here on the facial piercings, yeah. Um, you know, I, I definitely do not personally care for piercings like through the lip or through the tongue. I don't like having to look at people who've done that. On the other hand, I'm absolutely supportive of them, um, their own self-expression and what they uh, want. It's their body. It's their life. So it, more power to them. If I, however, as an employer, was going to hire someone who I was going to be looking at every day and interacting, and they had piercings through their lip or through their tongue, I would have a very difficult time getting past that. So I'm going to be really honest there because I just, it just, yeah, it just, you know, makes me cringe. So, um, <laughs> you know, so that's me, right? But that, that, that's one of those things that one of those quirks of, you know, the, the, you know, how subjective things are. So, you know, if that makes me the bad guy, then I guess I'm the bad guy here. However, I also want to say that um, I'm supportive of my daughter in fifth grade wanted to, to dye her hair. And, uh, you know, we've been dyeing her hair in streaks and different colors and, and it looks fantastic. And I've done that her whole life. I mean, it's, it's, it's just hair. And I think she looks fantastic. And I don't, the same way with with Rachel with her fantastic pink hair. I mean, and her tattoo. I it just doesn't phase me, right? Um, once again, her her tat in Rachel's case, her tattoo is beautiful, um, and it's it has a lot of meaning for her um, with her family and and what the the imagery and what she chose. So um, you know, when but on the other hand, if some guy's walking around and he's got a tattoo of a naked woman on his arm, I would find that you know offensive. Um, I wouldn't like it. And once again, if that person was applying for a position, I would be really hard pressed to hire somebody, um, let alone the fact that what I would think about his mental state and what he thought of women, um, it would really <laughs> be a negative uh, impact for me on how I uh, viewed that applicant. So 
with all this, I mean, it seems like it's all confused, right? And I think that is, that's where a lot of companies are. It's all confused. And I think people can carry off um, hair color, even if you work for Price Waterhouse. Um, you could be a financial advisor, but you're really working with a young, hip crowd. And so, so you got bright pink hair and you got a tattoo. Woohoo! You know, I bet you you can find terrific clients that you can work with on, you know, who are going to be fine with that or not even think twice about it. In fact, want to work with you because they think you're more, you're, you're, you know, just more in tune with the, you know, with, you know, the edge and what's going on. So I think that there's um, room uh, for the diversity um, in every work environment in every place. And, you know, short of it being a health and safety uh, concern and, or, you know, that a company has a strict or a, you know, a, an enforced uh, policy on their dress code and the, the appearance. And in which case, uh, you need to abide by that when you're working for that company and um, make sure that you're uh, following that. And then if you want to change something, then you either need to get it approved or you need to go work for somewhere somewhere else that isn't going to have a problem with bright pink hair. So that is uh, where I'm at on this. Thanks, Lynn, and that was fun. So thanks for every, all your opinions. I really appreciate it. And now we will go to a question from one of our members online. Uh, this is Emma in South Haven, Mississippi. And Emma asks, I've received a great job offer, but I'm worried about the dress code. The employee handbook says women are required to wear skirts and men wear trousers. Um, I generally feel most comfortable presenting myself androgynously and wearing pants and short hair. What should I do? Thank you, Emma. Um, that was a great question. Tina, would you like to field this? Sure. So, Emma, I would imagine that you had interviewed for this position uh, in person, and if, in fact, you prefer to dress androgynously, I would imagine that that would be the way that you had presented yourself during the interview uh, and if so you still receive the job offer congratulations and I would ask what uh, if there were any concerns with the way and the manner in which you which you dress if they could please explain a little bit more about the dress code it could be that the dress code has was written 20 years ago and was never updated uh, it could be that um, uh, it, it could be that uh, what used to be wearing skirts and 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 men ties, and in these days of casual Fridays, etc., with where women now do wear pantsuits uh, and not just skirts, it could be just something as as simple as the fact that they have not updated that dress code. So I would go, I would talk a with the my. Um, Whoever your business leader is, and also to to HR, to make sure that you understand um, specifically what uh, uh, what their requirements are. And if you're still concerned about it, if you if you feel that you cannot uh, meet the requirements of of that dress code, and if if you're not able to reach an agreement uh, in advance of being hired, you might want to think twice about uh, whether or not you want to um, want to commit to that particular company. Uh, but I think that it's certainly open. Handbooks, employee handbooks, are many times so outdated and um, and and so often just 
people look at them and just flip through them and then sign them off because it's part of the hiring process. Um, and uh, there's no, there's nothing that says that it's not that that you you can't ask questions. And I would think that that would be a great form of conversation uh, before you come on board is to uh, to get a better feeling for what their requirements are and and why. Lynn, what do you think? <laughs> I concur, Tina. Ask. Ask the question. And uh, I would imagine the same thing, that you probably did wear um, a pants, you know, a very nice uh, work outfit uh, for your interview, um, but it wasn't a skirt. It wasn't a dress. So I would absolutely ask. And I agree with Tina's um, that the handbook could well be outdated and nobody noticed. I, it's the same type of thing, you know, cities or, you know, towns, they have some bizarro crazy laws on their books like there's no dancing allowed after 6 p.m you know or something I, I mean these types of things are um you know they they were written you know you know decades ago or <laughs> or longer and uh nobody's ever noticed or commented on it so definitely ask it also observe how the other individuals at the company were dressed. I mean, you obviously went in for your interviews, probably several. You would have seen people um, at the workplace um, and just looking around. It could also be that maybe their very specific jobs require that you present yourself a certain way. Um, once again, I, I just think it's, you know, would be some kind of bizarre world um, <laughs> uh, misogynist world where women would be required to wear a skirt or a dress but to Rachel's point I guess you know it's scary but they're still out there um, so ask observe and uh, get it out there in the open and I would absolutely say that you're gonna have to think very carefully if they actually if they come back and they say oh absolutely you you are you do need to wear a dress and or a skirt except on like casual Fridays um, every day of the week because if that's not where your comfort level zone is you're going to be compromising a huge part of who you are um, and you, you know I would I, I realize that great jobs sometimes are few and far between but uh, that's a real soul searcher in my opinion that you really will have to evaluate um, because a company that also would have that kind of uh, policy what other kind of misogynist policies does that company have I mean uh, do you know women not get promoted um, do you, you know women um, how are they treated within the organization I it, it would raise so many different concerns if they actually wanted to enforce a policy like that so short of being a company that the only thing they manufactured were skirts so Okay, <laughs> that's that's uh, my influence. Uh, Rachel, what do you think? Well, I agree with what both you and Tina had to say, which is to ask, um, because whenever you have concern, whenever there's something that you're unsure of, you should always ask to make sure that you're not jumping ship unnecessarily or getting worried unnecessarily. It's always better to just ask. And, you know, even if even if the dress code is something that is typically enforced, you might even still be able to work with HR, work with your direct supervisor, work with your company to uh, accommodate your comfort zone, your your gender expression, because this does come back to enforced gender expression, and that's really not okay. 
it never was, but now we know it. However, if it does turn out that um, your company handbook just hasn't been updated in 50 years, then congratulations, you get to be that wonderful employee that brings the handbook into the 21st century, and you'll go down in corporate history. I mean, perhaps not, but it, it would be helpful, and I think I think you're also, even by asking, showing that you're uh, a diligent and attentive employee, or soon-to-be employee, because you've actually read the handbook. You have read it closely enough to find this, so kudos to you. But if as Lynn said, um, if they do come back and say, yeah, Emma, you really do have to wear skirts or dresses, and that's just a fact, then then you do need to really consider your options there. Because whenever you, well, not, not whenever, but oftentimes when you enter a job, when you enter any job environment that does have a dress code, you are necessarily compromising at some level your individuality. Maybe you have to squish your individuality into pantsuits or wh whatever, but there, there's always going to be some compromise, but it's usually not enough to make a person uncomfortable. And this would make you very uncomfortable, or at least it sounds like it would. So yeah, you'd really have to really have to strongly consider that. Um, obviously, it depends on how badly you need the job. You could take this job and wear your your skirts um, and while searching for another job where you wouldn't be required to wear skirts I mean it just seems it just seems so unimaginable at least up here where I am in the Pacific Northwest that just doesn't seem imaginable but I suppose you are down in Mississippi so I don't know how things are down there um, so yeah that that is what I would say you have an opportunity here to be a hero and bring the workbook into the 21st century. I mean, you might even be able to take this job, wear the skirts, and then you know work with HR to be like, you know, this is really ridiculous, and this policy does need to change. And maybe you can be the change in that corporation. You never know. So I think those are your options, Emma. And I will end there. Thank you, Rachel. That was great. And thank you for all your interesting feedback. Well, this concludes today's discussion. We want to thank all of our members and guests who joined us for today's podcast. Please join us next week for another terrific dialogue at Petite to Queen. If you have a question or would like to suggest topics for discussion, please email us at jointheconversation at petite to queen .com. <laughs>